step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I was checking some work, but I finally have them. The worst of the worst. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Where? Let's just say I put them in a hole and threw away the hole. In the marshlands of central Florida. The Riley and Kimmy and welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Right next to me is the Troublemaker. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, and welcome to episode 802 of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And they tell me where to go all the time, don't they, Kimmy? They're telling me where to go right now. They're saying go to Lakeland, to Fanboy Expo. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying, right? Yep. Go to Fanboy Expo because it's happening uh, this coming weekend, right, Kimmy? That's right. That is March 12th and 13th. That's Saturday and Sunday in Lakeland, Florida at the Lakeland Convention Center. There's going to be a lot of room, I guarantee it. And parking will not be a hassle, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. right. And a lot of celebrities will be there. We'll be talking about that. And before we get to this exciting episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, which I have to point out one thing, I have to state, often imitated, but never duplicated. The Riley and Kimmy Show. You can take us anywhere. We're mobile. We're global. You can hear us around the world. Whatever device you have. You'll be able to listen to the Riley and Kimmy show, right? That's right. So take us along, tell your friends about us, and be sure to friend, follow, and like us on Facebook and other social media. Because if you do, you can find out where we'll be next, just like this uh, Lakeland experience, which is happening in Florida. And that is on March 12th and 13th. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Are you all ready for I'm the... I'm ready. Okay. Can't you, wait. You, you can't wait? Well, a big thank you to the show promoter, David, and his wife and others involved at Fanboy Expo for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show. We deeply appreciate that, and we look forward to seeing all our friends who are going there, like artist Martin Dunn will be on hand. I'm looking forward to seeing Martin at, at Fanboy Expo, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And others as well, like Vicious Collectibles, who will be on hand with those cupcake zombies. Mm. And plenty of other individuals. And hopefully we'll see you at Fanboy Expo in Lakeland and stop by the Riley and Kimmy Show table. Say hello and become part of an episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show because we will be recording there. And, you know, we, hey, we'll have the camera on hand. You can become part of the video part of the show. Mm-hmm. Become part of the audio part of the show. Just talk nerd geek with us. And, and if you have a show and tell thing, be sure to do that. That would be kind of fun, right, Kimmy? That's right. It's fun. It's easy. It's it'll be it'll be a blast. It will be. Now, Kimmy, here we go. It's time for some nerd trivia. What do you say? Yeah. All right, Kimmy, here we go. Put your thinking cap on. And I want you to just keep think fanboy expo here for maybe a clue or two for you before you give me an answer, okay? Okay. All right, with nerd trivia. Now, the question for you, Kimmy, is what show was voted number 11? That is number 11 on TV Guide's 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. Hmm. I Dream of Genie? No. Do you know the answer, Kimmy? Oh, what is the answer? The Mary Tyler Moore Show? That's right. Mary Tyler Moore Show was voted number 11 on TV Guide's 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. Now, why is that important to us when it comes to Fanboy Expo in Lakeland? Oh, Ooh. Mr. Grant. That is the tie-in. Kimmy is right. Someone else do some giving. Love is all around. 
Okay, that's enough of that. I, I that's all I can tell you with that one right there. I, I know Kimmy. I'm serious. I wish this show was on uh, on video. This one because Kimmy was actually dancing. <laughs> you were dancing to that. That I mean, I, I didn't know you liked the Mary Tyler Moore theme that much. Oh. Are you gonna throw your? Hey, you know what? Before we go into Fanboy Expo, well, after we set up, what we'll do is we'll go out in front of the uh, the convention center, okay? And uh-huh. I'm gonna have you wear a hat, and I want you to toss it up, and we'll video that. Oh. And that we'll post that. How's that? Okay. You like that? You could be. You could do the Mary Tyler Moore thing. You realize, and we'll get a wig and have you wear a wig because you realize Mary Tyler Moore on the first season of that show wore a wig. Really? The reason she wore a wig was to totally change her image from when she was on the Dick Van Dyke show. They didn't want people to think she was Laura Petrie. Okay. That's why in the original show, the the, the first script, she was divorced. Mm. Then they decide, wait a minute, no, we can't do that. Now, remember, this is 1970. Divorce is a big, you know, still controversial type of thing in, in a very conservative America on television. And even though TV is kind of shifting at this time period, it really is. They decided that they they believe that some in America would think she divorced Rob Petrie. Mm. So they decided to change that, even though her name's not, you know, Laura Petrie. Right. They decided to change it, and that's why they changed her hair and they made it – she was uh, a breakup for the engagement. She was going to get married, and she got uh, oh, a breakup. Okay. That's how it opens up, the first the first episode. Uh-huh. So they changed that there okay. with the Mary Tyler Moore show. I still didn't get that, Kimmy, that you really uh, – oh, boy. I didn't I, – I, that theme there. I can't believe you were actually dancing to that thing. Now, my question for you, Kimmy, is this. What actor on Mary Tyler Moore show first auditioned for the part of Lou Grant? Um, somebody that got another part on there, or I, I see, ooh, Kimmy caught Is on because it? It, the question was, what actor on the Mary Tyler Moore Show first auditioned for the part of Lou Grant? Was it the person who got it, or was it somebody else who was origin- it? Ted Knight. You think Ted Knight originally auditioned for the role? Maybe. No, he was not the first one to audition. Mm. Who was the the actor who first auditioned last time? Here. Gavin McLeod. That's correct. He did. Ed Asner gave a terrible reading, according to sources, horrible for his force, for his very first audition, and he insisted on a second chance, and they gave it to him. Hmm. Can you imagine anybody else besides him Mm-mm. being that? Can you? No. That, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Now, who was first offered the role of Ted Baxter? You know the answer to this one. I've told you this trivia before. It's actually the person who I think should have played the role. He is my favorite now, in this time period, as we're talking today, unknown actor to most, yet he's a father to two famous actors of the 1970s. And one of my favorite uh, actors who ever appeared in Columbo multiple times. Kind of looks like Ted Baxter. Oh. But, but oh. kind of looks like Ted Knight a little bit, but more debonair. I know. He's more debonair, has a beautiful voice. He had one of the best voices of all time. He's somebody Jack I, Cassidy. That's correct. Jack Cassidy was offered the role of Ted Baxter. Now, he turned it down, not because he had another job. He turned it down because he didn't want to be in a supporting cast of a female lead show. Oh. Yes. And Cassidy later did star on the show as whom? To what character? He was connected to one of the characters. Do you know what character? Was it to um, Ted Baxter's character? Yes. Was Ted Baxter's brother? Okay. On the show, which is kind of kind of cool. Now, who is he father to? Who is Jack Cassidy father to? Well, of course, that would be um, David Cassidy. That's correct. And Sean Cassidy. That's right, David and Sean Cassidy. That's uh, their dad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool at the time period. I, I know there was a lot of term, you know, tension between David and uh, his father Jack. But right at the time period, he was doing. Uh, Jack was doing Columbo. His son was doing what show? Or Go is ahead. is he father to Sean? Look it up. Let's let's look it up live on the or, show. Go I ahead. thought they were half let's brothers. Let's see if he's right. Go on. I believe Jack uh, is the father to both. Hmm. I believe they have a different mother. Oh. I may be wrong here. Let's see if I'm right. I thought they had the same mother. Let's see, if, you know, this is where we're going to do some investigative reporting here. Kimmy's going to look. We do know it's David because David does look like his father, Jack. Mm-hmm. Beyond a doubt. I do believe it is both because I believe Jack Cassidy, before his death, gave both sons uh, a family crest ring, which uh, his father had given him, same type of ring. And I believe he gave that to them right 
before well, he passed on. It lists both of them as children. I told you. See? Okay. Why don't you just type in Sean Cassidy and see who pulls up his father? No, I, I pulled up David Cassidy, and it says children, David Cassidy, Sean Cassidy, Patrick Cassidy, Ryan Cassidy. There you go. Okay. Okay. All right. Answer that question, Kimmy. Are mm-hmm. you satisfied now? Mm-hmm. Can we move on? Mm-hmm. Can we go to the next one? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. The Mary Tyler Moore Show has the most primetime Emmy Awards for outstanding writing for a comedy series. How many did it win? 24. Wow. Five. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really uh, you, you really deflated that one oh, there. Oh, just writing. Yes, oh, just I, for I'm, writing. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you wish to continue? <laughs> I didn't hear the just writing part. Uh, do, do you wish to continue? Yeah. Yes. Uh, are we yes. are we safe to go on? Okay, yes. Gibby. Now, by the way, one of the things I forgot to mention is there is somebody from Mary, the Mary Tyler Moore Show that's going to be at Fanboy Expo Lakeland. Somehow I let that slip. Who from the Mary Tyler Moore Show is going to be at Fanboy Expo Lakeland? Ed Asner. That's right. Ed Asner, Lou Grant, also the uh, voice of the, the old dude in Up. Correct. Mm-hmm. And he's also the voice of Granny Goodness in some of the DC animated universe, like in the animated Superman. You might be able to catch him uh, doing that. And tons of television back in the 1960s. Matter of fact, what's really weird is just uh, our previous episode, 801, you and I had mentioned or talked about Ed Asner. And when we finished that episode, I uh, happened to turn on the television to MeTV. And MeTV, I mean, it was weird. Here's Ed Asner on television. I mean, you had just walked out of the studio. There mm-hmm. he is in a really cool episode of Alfred Hitchcock Hour. Now, I know you kind of like the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, don't you? Mm-hmm. And he was in an episode called To Catch a Butterfly, and he plays um, a human monster. He's just a very abusive father, mm-hmm. and it's a very creepy episode. You think this kid is actually a monster, the, the but actually he's been made by the father. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a the range um, I wish, I mean, if you get a chance to see this one, to see the range of Ed Asner in this, it is phenomenal. I mean, very, I mean, this was Emmy material right there that I saw. It's just, it's you, the guy I think is underrated in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so many other shows that he has done over the course of time besides Mary Tyler Moore and besides Luke Grant. Hmm. And it'll be a great opportunity to meet him. And that is at Fanboy Expo in Lakeland. Correct, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. This, uh, Saturday, March 12th and 13th. Right. Now, let's go back to trivia. Are you ready? Okay. All right, Kimmy. Mary Richards and her new friends wanted to win a local broadcasting award. What were these awards called? Um, I'm going to give you a multiple choice. Okay. Were they called the Jemmies, the Tinkers, the Tellies, or the Teddies? The Teddies? How did you get that? You got that, Kimmy. Very good. Okay. I don't know how you actually got that one. That's 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 incredible. Now, Kimmy, here we go. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. To what city did Mary Richards move to at the beginning of the series? Minneapolis. Very good. Now, in, keep remember the opening sequence, okay? Uh-huh. In the opening credits, what did Mary Tyler Moore drive and wash during the opening credits of the show? What kind of car was it? Was it a Beetle? I was going to give you multiple choice. One of those is a Volkswagen Beetle, an old beat-up Chevy, a Ford Mustang, or none at all. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think she had a car. The answer, Kimmy, is a Ford Mustang. Really? Yes. Now Lou Grant told Mary Richards something once that you'll know from episode to episode. Now listen to what he says here. That you've been asking a lot of very personal questions that don't have a thing to do with my qualifications for this job. You know what? You got spunk. Well, yes. I hate spunk. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll try you out for a couple of weeks, see if it works out. Oh. If I don't like you, I'll fire you. Right, right. You don't like me? I'll fire you. Same rules we have right here with Riley and Kimmy show. Exact same rules, right, Kimmy? Oh, yeah. Now, my question for you is this. Now, he said he did not like or he hated her spunk. What else did he hate about Mary? And it's revealed in at least one episode. Did he hate her cleverness, 
her friends, her clothes, or her parties. Her parties. That's right, because her parties were... Horrible. Very, very, very true. You do remember that episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kimmy, what is the name... What is the name of the station, the TV station in which Mary Richards works? I... Oh, you saw those. You saw those call letters all the time. Don't remember. Okay. Do you want me to give you some clues? Mm-hmm. Was it WJM, WMTM, KTC, KJL? The first one. WJM. You sure? Mm-hmm. You are correct. Now, before becoming famous in his own sitcom, who played Rhoda's uninvited guest on the Mary Tyler Moore Show? Do you want a clue? Mm-hmm. Was it Henry Winkler, Robin Williams, Ron Howard, or David Cassidy? Robin Williams? It was Henry Winkler. Oh. All right, Kimmy, are you ready for the next one? Uh Uh-huh. Whom did Ted Baxter idolize on the Mary Tyler Moore show? Who was his idol? He had pictures of his idol in his dressing room. Uh... Do you want clues? Yeah. Was it Ronald Reagan, Chet Huntley, Walter Cronkite, or Neil Armstrong? Walter Cronkite. That's correct. Now, are you, are you ready for this one, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Which of the follow Which of the following actors or actresses never received an Emmy for their work on the Mary Tyler Moore Show? Never. Was it Gavin McLeod, Ed Asner, Betty White, or Cloris Leachman? Cloris Leachman. No, it was Gavin McLeod. Oh. On the Mary Tyler Moore Show, we never saw Phyllis's husband. Can you name him, and what was his profession? She refers to him all the time. All right, I'll give you his name. See if you can give me the profession before we give you the clues. His name was Lars. Okay. All right, can you tell me what Lars did? Dentist? Okay, here's the guess. The guesses. The clues. Okay. Was it psychiatrist, dermatologist, dentist, or plastic surgeon? Dentist? It was a dermatologist. Oh. You were so close. You were thinking Jerry the Dentist from the Bob Newhart no. Show, right? No. Yeah, yes, you were. Mm-mm. You were. I think you were. Well, that wraps up our Mary Tyler Moore trivia for this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And once again, if you'd like to uh, check out Ed Asner, meet Ed Asner. I haven't checked the photo ops, you know, how many they have, meaning opportunities. Mm-hmm. But there, there will be, you know, signings available there. I'm sure there's celebrity photo ops as well, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And you can find out more. At fanboyexpo.com, it's happening Saturday, March 12th, Sunday, March 13th, Lakeland Convention Center. We hope to see you there, and we do have links right on our website at rileyandkimmy.com. Now, Kimmy, we're going to move over to more nerd trivia for this Tuesday, March 8th, as we upload this show. Kimmy, on this date in history, a dog license was enacted in the state of New York. It was the first animal control law in the United States of America. What year was that? When did the dog license go into effect? Mm, 1952. It was 1894. So close. So close. Very close. Kimmy, it was on this date in history. Groucho and two of his other brothers, the Marx brothers, made their final TV appearance together. Tell me the name of the other two brothers and tell me the year. Um, uh, 71, Zeppo, and, and I don't I don't know. Well, you're right about uh, Zeppo being uh, a brother, but he's not at this time period with the ones that made the, the last appearance. It is Chico and Harpo who make okay. the last appearance with Groucho, and the year was 1959. Wow. Now, Kimmy, it was on this date in history that one of your favorite things premiered on TV. <laughs> cool. Fire! 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 Yes, Kimmy identifies with that. Uh, Kimmy, tell me the name of those characters and tell me what network they appeared on and Uh, what year. Beavis and Butthead on MTV. And the year. Um, 86. 1993. Really? Yes, 1993. Okay. Are you ready, Kimmy? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Kimmy, this person was born on this date in history. He was born... I'm not going to give you the year because we have a question about something else that involve, revolves around that. He was born on this date in history. The person is, let's see if you can identify him right here. You know what you are. 
You're bumbling, stupid, incompetent, and useless. And those are your good points. Can you tell me who it is? That's a skipper. And can you tell me the name of the person who played the skipper? Alan Hayes? No, Alan... Uh... She's, she's close. She's almost got it. I don't know. He was a son of an actor as well who had the same name. Does that help you at all? Mm. He was a junior. The other one was a, his father, of course, was the senior. Okay, it was Alan Hale Jr. Mm. All right, mm. Alan Hale Jr. played the skipper. He passed away what year, Kimmy? He was born on this date in history. What year did he pass away? 1983? He passed away. I'm, uh, are you ready? 1990. And mm. can you tell me the following thing? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. How old was he when he started playing the role of the skipper? 30. Kimmy says he was 30. Kimmy is not right. Uh, but Kimmy guessed far younger than I thought she would. I thought she would have guessed him being far older than he was. He was 42 years of age when he started the role or started playing the role of the skipper on Gilligan's Island. Now, my question for you, Kimmy, is how old was he when he left us? When he passed away 69 you got that right really you did Kimmy very good so how'd you do it you remember the year that he was born I mean not the year he was born the year he uh played the role and the year he died and you calculated is that what you did tried to you did a good job there she's pretty fast use you on uh as a lifeline on some game show now Kimmy moving on to another celebrity this individual was born on this date in history. His name is Mickey Dolenz. Now, my question for you about Mickey Dolenz is, what is he famous for? Can you tell me? The monkeys. That's correct. And can you tell me how old Mickey Dolenz is today? Mm, I would say 73. Very close. He's 71 years of age. Okay. And did you meet him with me a long time ago The when I was doing the oldies? So nope. working at an oldie station? Okay, I didn't know if you if you were there or not. Mm-mm. Okay, very nice individual, Mickey Dolenz. Now, Kimmy, what I thought we'd do is give you an opportunity to uh, help us with old-time radio here, the Golden Age Radio, because it's Groucho anniversary, you know, being the last time Groucho, Chico, and Harpo made their, their appearance together on TV. It was 1959. I thought we'd do something a little bit earlier with Groucho from the Golden Age of Radio. Now, I'm going to give you a choice here. You have a choice of choosing which one you want. I will either go to the, and it's both from the same year, which is kind of bizarre. I just chose 1944 for some reason. 1944 is the year you have a choice to hear Groucho Marx with Jack Benny from an episode in 1944, or Orson Welles with Groucho Marx's guest uh, with Groucho Marx's guest from 1944 as well. You choose which one are we going to make part of the Riley and Kimmy show? Mm. Pressure's on Kimmy now. Orson Welles. All right, Kimmy, we're going to go back in time to January 26, 1944, to Orson Welles with a program that he did. Not very many people are aware of this one. It's called Radio Almanac. It was a kind of a strange design. Let's just put it that way, a vehicle for Orson Welles. And he would have guests on these shows. This one just happens to be Groucho Marx. Going back in time to 1944, here's Orson Welles and Groucho Marx on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Good evening. This is Orson Welles. Just saying hello before the show starts. We hope this finds you well and leaves you better. This is your radio almanac, the first of a new series. An almanac, you remember, usually has at least a little bit of just about everything. Well, that's us. Mostly, we want your almanac to be fun for you, real fun for all of you, wherever you are. This is January 26th, St. Polycarp's Day, and the eve of the Feast of St. Christostom. There was a new moon yesterday morning at 8.33 at 4 degrees Aquarius. Our astrology department says for me to tell all you Aquarians who were born this week that you're in for a very active year. They want me to say that everything looks pretty good for you. 156 years ago today, the British settled Australia. I mention these things because they belong in an almanac. And here's another interesting item. Three weeks ago today, exactly, Dick Tracy was kidnapped by Flat Top. Homely philosophy and nuggets of wisdom come later, along with Groucho Marx. January 26th, our time, 1944, is the date Groucho Marx appears on this show. At the sign of the Flying Red Horse. Uh, 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 uh. I beg your pardon? I said, uh, 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 uh. 
very pretty, but what does it mean? Well, it means we just can't tolerate this sort of thing. You see, I'm from upstairs. My name is Mr. Trivers. Trivers? Tri- oh, yes, the censor. The censor, better known as vice president in charge of... <whistles> That's dirty. <laughs> What's on your mind, Mr. Trivers? We've told you a dozen times, Mr. Wells, that there's some things you can't do in radio. Why, what have I done? What have you done? Last week in your love scenes, you were breathing heavy again. <laughs> I was? Yes, sir. You embarrassed the whole Middle West. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Trivers. It won't happen again. Won't happen again? Look what you're doing now. You've got red horses flying around in oh, here. Now, Mr. Trivers. You can't do that. The flying red horse is symbolic. It's our signature. It opens the program. Let me show you. The makers of mobile oil and mobile gas, with their compliments, invite you to join us. Invite you to join us. If you're not careful, Mr. Trivers, you're going to wear out your uh-uh. Invite you to join us at the sign of the flying red horse. Tonight and every week at the same time over these same stations, the makers of mobile gas and mobile oil bring you... Orson Welles. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this particular new moon is a total eclipse of the sun. But despite the conjunction with the moon's south node, despite the conjunction with the moon's south node and its opposition to Pluto, which give vent to the foregoing luminaries, behold some very good aspects. Mr. Wells, immediately after this broadcast, you're to proceed to the lobby of the Wilshire Fish Market, which is having its grand premiere. You will remove your shoes, and at 11.55, imprints of your feet will be preserved for posterity in the fresh cement. There's just one other matter. I have to fill out these forms for Social Security. Now, uh, the name is uh, Orson Wells, and uh, what is your occupation? Uh, I'm a dispenser of wit and humor. I bring smiles to people's faces. I make the whole world laugh. Mm Mm-hmm. Unemployed? You can say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Might I inquire, Miss? Might I inquire, Miss, who you are and what you're doing here? Well, they sent me over. I'm Miss Grimmett, your new secretary. I don't need a secretary. Who sent you over? Your sponsor. Oh. Oh. Well, pull up a knee and sit down. I guess I could use just one more little secretary. Now, on with the show. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, that the average family in the United States consists of three and a half persons? Oh, isn't that kind of messy, having a half a person around the house? I'd rather you didn't interrupt, Miss Grimmett. This is a radio program. Well, you'd better look over your script first. I've made a few changes. You've made a few changes? Yes. You plan to introduce as your first guest star, Cordell Hall? Yes. I thought I'd start with the Secretary of State and sort of build from there. Great idea, isn't it? No, I've canceled Cordell Hall. We can replace him with Frank Sinatra. I'm sorry. That's out of the question. (laughs) That's out of the question. We couldn't possibly use Frank Sinatra on this program. These microphones have no handles. got enough to do without picking him up. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the next item on your radio almanac is a little philosophical playlist, a drama. Uh, 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 uh. A censor again. What's on your mind this time, Mr. Trivers? Oh, we fellas upstairs. We've just been studying your script. Now, this drama you got on for tonight. You can't do that on the air. Why not? Oh, Mr. Wells. What is wrong with the love life of a gypsy moth? Why... Why, the sound effects alone are censorable. What sound effects? Well, take this one you got indicated right here. Yes. Yeah. Sound of two caterpillars necking. That's got to come out. But why? What a wonderful thing. I say, just imagine, if you will, two caterpillars necking. Listen to them. There's a pause, and we hear nothing. Now, see, caterpillars being so soft and silky, they don't make a sound when they're necking. That's what I mean. Much too suggestive. Well, now, what's suggestive about it? These caterpillars aren't making a sound. That's just it. They're being very sneaky about it. All right, we'll cut the caterpillars. Will you, sea lions, you have to have a fish in your pocket. Any other complaints? Yes, scene three. 
The one about love at first love sight. Love at first sight? Yeah, that's got to come sight. out. Which scene is that? Well, it's this one here. See, where the moth flies into the closet and sees a sweater. Well, it's a charming scene. What's wrong with this? Oh, come now, Mr. Wells. Whose sweater did you really have in mind? <laughs> what do you mean? You know very well, Mr. Wells, that when you put a sweater in this story, you were thinking of only one person. And I don't mean John's other wife. I'm afraid, Mr. Wells, I'll have to cut the whole script. Ladies and gentlemen, if you will send a stamped, self-addressed envelope together with two feathers from the wings of the flying red horse and 25 cents to cover handling and mailing, I will send you the censor. like that. We have a fellow, his name is Ray Collins, uh, by a coincidence, very nice boy, unquote, reserved, very reluctant to talk about the product. So let's all give him a nice round of applause. Here he is, Ray Collins. Hello? See what I mean. Ray, isn't there something you'd like to say to these lovely people? No. He wouldn't last long with Perkins Pickles. Ray, there must be something you want to say to them. Yes, there is something I'd like to say, but um, don't you think it's a bit late for us? Not at all. It's the time for you to go right ahead. Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) Well, that's very sweet of you, Ray, but I was thinking of something else. Have you done any any writing lately? Oh, sure. Tell the folks about it. Oh, they wouldn't be interested in my bicycle. Uh, 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 your bicycle is not what I'm talking about, Ray. You dr- drive a car, don't you? Oh, sure. Well, how do you make it go? Why, I turn on the ignition. Uh, well, just what are you getting at, Orson? I, I don't want to be obvious about this, Ray, but when you drive a car and you want to get plenty from your ration coupons, you just... Oh, uh, you mean mobile gas. That's it. America's favorite gas. Right. Oh, well, sure, Orson. When it's miles of matter, people say mobile gas. Mobile gas is crammed just... Cram full of miles. All the miles it's possible to give you under wartime measures. Oh, sure, other gasolines are good, but all I know is in wartime as in peacetime, mobile gas remains America's favorite. And 20 million drivers can't be crazy. Why, it looks like love. The way your engine and this master gasoline team up together. 
The qualities of mobile gas are outstanding with respect to mileage and power. The two things that count most today. On your speedometer, mark the miles you get from every gallon. And is there anything that you want more from gasoline today than mileage? Uh, I think I can say without fear of contradiction, Ray, that's what we want is mileage. Uh, mobile gas, Dr. Wells. Mobile gas. Friends, stop in at the sign of the flying red horse. Get your miles worth from your gasoline coupons with mobile gas. Well, thank you very much, Ray. And ladies and gentlemen, there's just one thing I'd like to add. We don't make any exorbitant claims for our product. We're all adults. We're all adults. I don't think any of us are taken in by some types of advertising. However, mobile gas does contain vitamin A. <laughs> no other gasoline can make that statement. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> pardon me, folks. I just found out we can't make it either. Continue now, ladies and gentlemen, with old Dr. Wells' almanac and joke book, Depressing Information Department. In the islands of Hawaii, and this is true, there is a law dating back to King uh, Kamehameha which prohibits lovemaking on the public highways. Encouraging Information Department, powdered glass is not poisonous. Mystery writers, please note, powdered glass is not poisonous. Old Dr. Wells, however, doesn't recommend its use as a substitute for powdered sugar. We interrupt this program, ladies and gentlemen, to bring an interruption. <laughs> Groucho Marx. Well, 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 Groucho. Uh, thank you not to interrupt my interruptions, Wells. So this is the new Austin Wells program, and you're the new Austin Wells. Well, you don't look new to me. In fact, if I ever saw a used Austin Wells, you're it. <laughs> you're partially correct, Groucho. This is a new program, the uh, Orson Wells Almanac. Oh, it is. Well, did you know, Orson, that yesterday was the 150th birthday of Robert Burns? And after writing poetry for all these years, he winds up in Van Buren, Arkansas, playing a bazooka? <laughs> uh, did you know, Groucho, that Professor Unger Dunger of the Harvard University Sociology Department has just turned in a Ph.D. thesis proving that most people would be better off if they hadn't been born? Yes, but that seldom happens to anybody. Uh, Groucho, tell me, what are you doing here? Your sponsor sent me over. Oh, you know my sponsor? Do I know your sponsor? He's over at my house every night drinking Pat's Blue Ribbon beer. <laughs> Gotta wait for the second page for that. <laughs> How do you think you got hired? Oh, gee, I thought he drank nothing but mobile gas. Uh, now that you're here, Groucho, perhaps you can help me with a problem. Where am I going to live out here in California? Why don't you come and stay with me in Beverly Hills? You're joking. What sort of a neighborhood is it? Judge for yourself. On one side of me lives Betty Grable. Well, who lives on the other side? Who cares? <laughs> I take it you're fond of Betty Grable. Well, I, I lean towards that type. You do? Yeah, I lean towards it, but Harry James keeps pushing me away. <laughs> To get back to you, Austin, something I'm not crazy about. You'll be crazy about my place. All modern improvements, gas lighting, inner door mouse traps, and a pot-bellied stove in every room. That is every room except mine. We couldn't get a pot-bellied stove for my room, so we hired Sidney Greenstreet to stand in the corner. I don't know. Do you think I'd be comfortable there? Why, you'll be as comfortable as a bug in a rug, and we got some of those, too. I'm afraid I couldn't impose on you, Groucho. You see, I left my ration book in New York. What if you haven't got a ration book? I'll take care of you. What's the best food in the world? Milk. Where does milk come from? Cows. What do cows eat? Grass. You can eat grass, too. <laughs> and who knows? No, it's impossible. <laughs> so you see, you'll, you'll be... So you see, you'll be very happy at my place. I, I'm sorry, Groucho. I'm afraid it's out of the question, especially if I couldn't get anything to eat. Well, you can't have everything. Look at Solomon with a thousand wives. Do you think he had everything? Well, maybe he did. My luck, I had to think of Solomon just now. <laughs> well, suppose I did move in, Groucho. What would you charge me? Money. You speak to me of filthy legal letters. Only a cad would take money from a friend. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that, Groucho. Shake hands with a friend. Shake hands with a cad. <laughs> 
Would uh, 500 a month be too much? Oh, come now, Groucho. Money isn't everything. Can money bring you happiness? No, but I like to have it around so I can choose the type of misery that's most agreeable to me. <laughs> Pardon, Mr. Wells. I have a message for a Mr. Mark. I'll take it. He's a friend of mine. In fact, we used to know each other. Ah, he was a great guy when I had it. What's the message? There's a milkman outside. He wants his horse back. Tell him he'll have it back the first thing Friday morning, as soon as I get back from my ranch. You a rancher? Why, only this morning. They sent me uh, 600 head of cattle. Jerseys or Holstein? I don't know. They only sent the head. <laughs> I think they were the heads. Now, look here. <laughs> Now, look at here, prairie flower. Take your hands off me. Don't get excited. I'm just trying to trace my 600 sides of beef. <laughs> Miss Grimmett, certainly you recognize Groucho Marx. Indeed. You know, Mr. Marx, I can hardly wait for your program to come on the air every Saturday night. So I usually don't. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get along gloriously, Miss Grimmett. Couldn't we steal away somewhere together after the program, just you and me? Put me down. Quiet. Do you want to get into pictures? Oh, you can't fight it, Miss Grimm, and it's bigger than we are. Can't you see us sitting on a park bench, you and me? No moon, no stars, just a beam from a policeman's flashlight. Well, did you ever? For me? Oh, once or twice. Uh... Orson, who is this woman? My secretary. Come, come, Orson, secretary, indeed. You can fool me once and you can fool me twice, but you can't fool me all the time. Remember, I'm some of the people. Now, come clean, Wells. Do you or do you not want to get into pictures? Put me down. Oh, pardon me, Austin. I, I always wanted to pick you up. So you're a producer now. Certainly. I'll, uh, shall I draw up the contract? Oh, you're a lawyer, too. Yes, and you'll have a contract as soon as we can get hold of another lawyer. If you're a lawyer, Groucho, why don't you handle it yourself? I don't fool around with shysters. <laughs> now, the first thing we do is to give you a big publicity buildup. Monday, you get lost in the desert. Tuesday, we send Hedy Lamar out to look for you. Wednesday, I go out to look for Hedy Lamar. And Saturday... Wait a minute. What happened to Thursday and Friday? I found Hedy Lamar. <laughs> and don't interrupt. Can't you see we want to be alone? All right, Austin, there's your contract. The party of the first part, here and after referred to as Austin Wells, agrees to appear in seven pictures the first year, 12 pictures the second year, and 18 pictures the third year. Wells, you're fired. Fired? What for? You're making too many pictures. The public is sick of you. <laughs> Miss Grimmett, my cloak. And Austin, put two pair of shoes on the flying red horse. I'm getting out of here. Goodbye, everybody. What happened, Groucho? Silly horse. I told him he couldn't wear wedgies. It, it um, says here I'm next. Go right ahead, Raymond. Right. That's all right. Well, sir, I, uh... I like good round figures myself. <laughs> Don't you, gentlemen? Oh, you old devil. <laughs> well, especially, I might say, when they're revealing. Well, well these figures are 70% of all the cars on the road today now it stops getting are from 5 to 10 years old. 70%. New cars will be scarce for a long time after the war's end. Folks, you've got to take care of your car. That means frequent oil change, and that means mobile oil. Perhaps you think because you're making shorter trips at lower speeds, you didn't change your oil so often. On the contrary, under these conditions, oil is apt to get dirty quicker. That encourages burned bearings, worn-out cylinder walls, and wasted gasoline. So change oil frequently and change for good. To good, fresh mobile oil. It helps your car run better, longer. Drive in at the sign of the flying red horse for mobile oil. Department of Interesting Statistics, mobile oil is the world's largest selling oil. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to hear from one of old Dr. Wells' favorite songbirds. And one who looks just as good as she sounds. You're going to agree that that's quite something. The name is Martha Stewart. Miss Martha, tell the folks what you're going to sing for them. Bessame Mucho. That means kiss me a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, what you've just heard is the title of what you're going to hear. It does not constitute an endorsement of old Dr. Wells. Bessame, Bessame Mucho. Each 
time I cling to your kiss, I hear music divine. Sunday is also the seventh anniversary of Hitler's repudiation of the Versailles Treaty. And five years ago today, the Loyalists surrendered Barcelona to Franco. You know, just about the longest, loudest argument in our United States history has to do with states' rights. I saw the word states' rights in the headlines this morning. And 114 years ago today, Daniel Webster stood up on the floor of the Senate and spoke for that other sentiment. You all remember how it goes. Most of us had to learn it in school. That other sentiment. Dear to every true American heart, liberty and union, now and forever, one and inseparable. While we're on the subject of liberty, particularly eloquence on the subject of liberty, let's celebrate Thomas Paine's birthday two days early by reading a few lines of his, lines written in 1776. I call not upon a few, but upon all. Not on this state or that state, but on every state. Up and help us. Lay your shoulders to the wheel. Better have too much force than too little when so great an object is at stake. It matters not where you live or what rank of life you hold. The evil or the blessing will reach you all. The far and the near. The home countries and the back. 
the rich, and the poor will suffer or rejoice alike. The heart that feels not now is dead. The blood of his children will curse his cowardice, who shrinks back at a time when a little might have saved the whole and made them happy. By perseverance and fortitude, we have the prospect of a glorious issue. By cowardice and submission, the sad choice of a variety of evils, a ragged country, a depopulated city, habitations without safety, and slavery without hope. Look on this picture and weep over it. And if there yet remains one thoughtless wretch who believes it not, let him suffer it unlamented. Where was there ever a war in which a world was destined till now? Thomas Paine wrote the words you've just heard. They apply very well to this year of grace, 1944. I think they apply very well to the fourth war loan drive. I leave it to you. Now it's time to say good night. And please, if you've enjoyed this program, let us know about it. And more important, if there's anything you like or you think you'd like changed, write us care of this station where your double will find us next week at this same place on your clock. The makers of mobile oil and mobile gas, Agnes Moorhead, Martha Stewart, Ray Collins, Lud Gluskin, all of us in the Mercury Theater, want this show to be exactly according to your specifications of a good time. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, I remain as always obediently yours. <laughs> on the home front is as vital to victory as a long Tom field gun on the battlefield. Keep it rolling with expert care at the sign of the flying red horse. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.